I'm sorry for chewing while I'm saying this really crappy <laughs> podcasting, but there you go. Got our new tag slogan, really crappy podcasting. The Sunday Skypers. Burning Beards. Anywho, so my plan is to be here, but not in a primary speaking role. Does that mess with uh, your plots and shenanigans? Not really. I'm, I'm sure you can grunt your way through most of the interaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would have been great to have Slate here to fill the void, but that's fine. So I'm looking at the uh, characters, and Ulfkel has a belief about taking Prentice's into Scoria Deep to find a brewery, or claim a brewery. But of course we're waiting for the all clear. Yes. Oh, yeah, we did forget about him, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he actually said, I'm going to stay behind this time. Yeah. So it'll be like an all Thandral episode with, with internal monologue. <laughs> uh, with an occasional grunt from, uh, from Flint. <laughs> At least he's not moaning about crowns and elven ghosts and so forth. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure that will come back to roost eventually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there'll be consequences as well. Uh, I was just looking over my beliefs. It's like, Scout Scoria, uh, wa- watch the, uh, the prince's back, look for the, the shield. So, yes, yeah. I'm good. So it seems like your present priority is to still scrunch for information about the Goddardam family? Oh, yeah. I now now that you're in Scoria, would you perhaps prioritize finding the shield, or, or where would you like to go with it? On the way there, we thought this would be a desolate and empty place. And, well, it's not. <laughs> Uh, well, it is still kind of desolate and empty where we are, but obviously it's it's been occupied by by these looters. <laughs> yes, think like a dwarf. Well, I mean, you have some information. You've you've gleaned a letter. Yes, but to wh- follow up on that letter, you maybe need to actually converse or confer with some other family members. I don't know, unless you yes. want to find even. I can see going, yeah, excuse me, need to head back tomorrow. You need to talk to uh, uh, Grandpa and say, you write this? <laughs> Scrounge and dig for information on the Goddardem family is what I will do as part of Search for the Shield. Does that make sense? I guess, but it doesn't feel like a, a goal, right? Ah, uh, okay. If you uh, come across information, great, but do you want to know more about your family and the way they lived here? Or, or is the priority more finding the escutcheon and maybe after that finding out what uh, they were up to? Yeah, good call, good call. Let's. I, I, uh, I amended the uh, second, my, my first mm-hmm. belief, and I created a, a new third belief that I think is very actionable this session. I will teach Rory how to be a leader of dwarves and get a backbone. Left off and die tr- or die trying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also left off, perpetuate cycle of abuse. <laughs> That's how, that's how I was taught. That's how my master was taught. That's how he was taught. Yeah, he was taught. Yeah. This goes back, this goes back ages, lad. You just can't beat, you just can't beat tradition out of us. So Flint, <laughs> if I read this correctly, then, then your primary goal is to find more information on the family. Find more information on the family. In, Watch. in the, in the interest of finding the family shield, right? That, that's the first bit, like find right. the shield. Uh, I don't even know where the hold is located. All right, okay. And the rest, as you say, is good. And for our prince, uh, let's see, restoring family prestige is the oath, right? Uh, recover goddamn crest. Seems appropriate. Determine the score seems very appropriate. The only thing that might be a little past relevant would be to explore beyond the opening runic gate. Maybe the last belief is actually, uh, like, like with John, I mean, determine if the humans in Scoria is a threat. That's part of leading your expeditions, your expedition there. Is it safe for the dwarves? Is it, you know? Yeah. And that leaves either, either, uh, putting back the belief about helping Ulfkel get his brewery or another one that you could author as it comes up. Yeah. If I go to teach Rory, I have to use my learning skill. That'll be fun. Maybe we could, mm-hmm. uh, have a scene where you're announcing that, you know, Rory's going to be, to everyone, Rory's going to be taking over. Reading. For, 
Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, I can actually have a scene where I'm busy telling everyone yes that that Rory's going to be Rory's going to be in in charge of setting things up, getting ready for the move in and everything, and uh, and because I'll be uh, hobnobbing with with the other dwarves, important leadership stuff. So you got to listen to Rory, treat Rory like 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 it's me there, which they won't. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> And hopefully, hopefully we'll give Sandral a, a thorough workout with his social skills this time. Yeah. That'll be fun. So where would you guys like to start? Should we start with uh, the dwarves in the in the hold or the dwarves in the expedition? I have an, I, a kernel of an idea that I, I, I want to get out uh, early here. I can imagine Flint bending Sandral's ear and saying, you know, we should send Ty back to let the company know that the gate is open. I don't know that we want the knowledge of that to get too widely spread. Well, just look at all this empty space around here. Yeah, you know, we're doing this all in Dwarvish, of course, so our, our human Naturally. guides can't, can't un- understand it. So look at all this empty space. If, if these humans are laying claim uh, to Scoria, we need to set up a counterclaim. And if we move in, and it's ours already, I think it would be more difficult for them to try to, to uh, claim squatter rights. It's just an idea, sir. It might not be a bad to send me back to uh, get the, the company ready in case we need to deal with these humans. Mm, that would be good, too. I'll send Ty off. Got that out of the way. Yay. <laughs> now I want to know how inconspicuous Ty is. Was he one of the the, the, the scouts who got captured? Uh, no, he was he was no, the one who ran away and oh. hit well. Ooh! So he does have hiding, maybe even stealth. Yeah, let's go with stealthy. Uh, let's see. He has, see, he has. Oh, I don't know. Three B three. If, if you want to send him away without break or noticing, perhaps you should help the poor. Yeah, I was going to go be conspicuous in front of. Uh, Oh, cool. So you help that way. Would Flint like to help in any way? I have to make sure that uh, Ty gets the order, but uh, it just so happens I have oddly likable and swaggering, and uh, I think I have some chuffing in there. So after I give Flint, I mean, uh, Ty the uh, order, uh, Flint will uh, join the prince in uh, bedazzling Bregor. Uh, with what kind of skill? Well, I was actually going with traits. Uh, oddly likable, uh, chuffing, you know, because if I go with skill, intimidation isn't appropriate. So I will not be rolling a skill. I will be if, helping if, the if prince. That's, if that's what you, how you want to approach it, I could give um, poor Ty an advantage die for having yes. a, a, a noisy, attention-stealing dwarf in front of him. Uh, However, you could just as well uh, help him with stealthy. Wait until the princess started talking, stick to those shadows, that that kind of thing. Stealthy coaching. Yeah, and and stealthily notify Ty. Yeah, sure. Sure. If we if we if we must roll, that's that's the way to go. We'll go with the. You don't have to do that. I'm just giving you an example of of using a skill you have to earn tests, right? (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. We, we, we can be stealthy, but we'll, we'll start with full-on Fandral to, to uh, bedazzle Bregor. Then we'll work on our uh, sneakiness here. Uh, sure. So so how, Fandral, do you approach Bregor with your conspicuousness? Walk up to him and just start talking very loudly, of course, pointing in the opposite direction that uh, we're sending tie. I think I used to hang out at a tavern just down that way when I was young. <laughs> Maybe a tale about the, oh yeah, I got in a, a really big fight in their uh, misunderstanding over a, a young lass uh, gesticulating continually in the opposite direction and being loud. And <laughs> all right, I think yeah, that should work pretty well because he—I don't think he expected you to be that old. So even though he's soured from uh, Slate's clumsy overtures, he can't help but be a little... Like, you can see that he can't help but be a little um, impressed or surprised. So, uh, what's your conspicuous is... uh, Three. So, that's an ob four. So, that's a challenging test for your conspicuous skill. But you just get to record, since you're helping. Uh, And Flint, your stealthy is... Before. Before. 
Right. Okay. So you give uh, Ty another die as well. So he has five. So how do you help him with his stealthy test by being stealthy, by, by your stealthy skills? I uh, sneakily communicate to Ty using our scout hand signs instead of actually speaking out loud on Dwarfish. Let him know to return to the camp. And I'm, All right. I will leave it to Ty to blather. <laughs> like like, like a, a third base coach, because he's scratching his face, you know. I, I think we shouldn't necessarily put Todd on the spot too much with his voice, but but I, I appreciate your your quest for detail. I'm sure it's about, you know, a finger to the nose and winks and whistles. Not whistles. You did it silently, so. I imagine oh, it's quasi-military, since that seems to be a part of Dwarvish culture, at least the ones right. that we're associated with. Definitely animals and such. such. I wait for the nod from Ty and see if he heads out in the right direction. <laughs> Let's see how he does. All right. So he has three successes. That's not four. So Gregor is kind of watchful. And this is Ty's about to break off from the rest of you. The the dog, there's a little round of the dwarves. The opportunity is kind of um, is lost a little. So um, he's forced to duck in behind the others as Madra goes around and, and uh, growls at him, sniffs about suspiciously, and then wanders back to the front. All right, so... The ideal moment is past, but Ty manages to slip away a little later. So he does get away, but he gets away belated. Or maybe I should hop on over to Oathkill while uh, Flint is away, just in case Flint wants to grunt or something when we get into Scoria proper. Let's let's do the expedition. So so you have all your apprentices. Uh, they they pretty much all packed up by now. Eventually, yeah. Things that are not there. And mm-hmm. they're not tied up. And uh, they're starting to kind of slack off. A few of them yeah. are, are sitting down, having a bit of a beer to themselves. Uh, some of the others are... Uh, what, some of the meticulous ones who've taken after you, they're they're going around making sure that everything is tied down properly and shaking their heads at the laggards. And if you're like me, then the guy behind them comes along and checks their t- checking, and the person behind him checks their checking. It's, it's not do what I do, do what I say. And how much did Bear help in helping him? Or did she leave him alone? Or she didn't do anything really. She she uh, helped securing things. She, maybe she gave him a few encouraging glances, but yep. she didn't actually help him. If you're talking about Rory, yeah, I have a feeling that she probably just basically took over his little group and made sure they were ready, and left him to deal with my group probably. All right, I'm forgetting that you offered her a kind of a, a possibility, the possibility of having a brewery of her own. So yeah, and also so I can walk you over there, and you know, I, I finished my beer and. I'm walking, walking over there and saying my worry. So, looking around, um... I didn't really listen to him. Lad, uh, you, you, um, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank, thank you. I, I thought maybe I, I would have disappointed you. Uh, they, they, I, I'm not sure they listened to me. Yeah, met my ex- expectations, so, you know, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost done here, sir. Uh, what should we do now? Aren't there things to be, still be polished, things to be cleaned, things to be policed up around the, the, the camp and so forth? With a thumb sort of point at uh, the slackers. Not everyone is gaining employed at this point in time. <laughs> Look at Murtagh. He's busy out there making sure things properly tied down and everything's arranged properly. That's what, that's what they should be doing. But look, I don't want to call it up because he has such a problem, but you know, poor Rudy. He's not doing anything right now. He's just sitting there letting his letting his brain work out now. I mean, we don't want that to happen. You know what the apprentice is time to think. Well, well, this is why I thought you maybe weren't very happy with me, sir. I, 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 they won't listen to me. Perhaps you could help me out. Perhaps you could give them a scolding or something, and then I could come in after and and use the stick like you used to do. No, okay. So I go out there and I say, "Oh, you did, you, you naughty boys! You didn't listen to us." <laughs> I can see you waving your finger when you do that. <laughs> now, what would they think about that? Were you standing up for yourself? Or were you leaning on me to stand, give you the stand-up? They already don't listen to me. I, 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 I probably, perhaps you could give them a little kick in the rear, and then I can, I can go in and administer the final kick. What they need is proper motivation. Right, right, motivation. I was never very good at that. But perhaps you could give me an example. Lad, watch and learn. Okay, you know, <laughs> I grab a tankard and I step out and, and hold an empty, empty tankard and just hold it out. And, and hopefully I don't wait. Oh, right, okay. So <laughs> Rory sort of scrambles. and I put, a hand, I put a hand on his shoulder and say, mm-hmm. Oh. The finger up. I said, watch and learn, lad. 
Oh, sorry. Is, has anyone moved or noticed I have an empty tankard out? Oh, well, when you have that, one of the dwarves who's tying down one of the wains jumps. Put a finger up at him. He looks and puzzled, I, and like and maybe I, this I, is a I, test I, that he just failed. <laughs> I look over at the slackers. Are they still slacking? Okay. Oh, yeah. They're starting to take out dice. All right. I changed my hold on the, on the mug. I switch, actually, in my left hand. I switch to my right hand, turn around, take careful aim, and throw. <laughs> should, should I actually roll that, see if I hit, hit, hit one of them? Well, it depends on your intent. Do you mean to, actually, I, I, or do you mean to I, get their attention? I'm, I'm aiming for their dice and coins. All right. And that was going to be a say yes. Yeah, boom, the dice go, <laughs> go flying, and they scramble about with great reverberant swears. And, well, so, what are you doing that for? We're done. Yeah, never done as a brewer. There's always something you can do. There's always something you can clean. There's always something you can move. There's always something you can polish. At the very least, you can always come over and ask, what else you got for me to do? Have you not learned this in, the, in my time? The only time you get off is when it's time to go pray. And that's it. Now, I won't be here forever. At this point in time, you know, we have a guild. And Rory is the second of the guild. So he, so he is worried as this is, has as much weight as mine does. If you want to get become full brewers and, and get your own brewery, or at least work at a decent brewery, you will always listen to a guild member, especially the founding guild members. You understand that? There are a few nascent sort of butts. <laughs> Nobody really comes up with a good argument. So, I'm going to go see how Fror is doing. And when I come back, I, I, I want to see everything here shining. No, screw that. Scratch, scratch that. Go ask Rory what he wants you to do. And you'll do it. Not because I'm saying so. You're doing it because you're, because he's a brewer. And you'll respect all brewers, even if they are rat uh, scratching bastards who's sticking in the back when they, and steal your brew recipes. You're still a fellow brewer. Let's see if, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, should I make like a conspicuous, conspicuous? That or intimidation could work as well. Yeah, I guess I am intimidating them. So yeah, I've been in both learning skills. So whatever it is, it's going to be doubled. Ooh, got three. I could pop that six. Actually, uh, ignore that roll. Right. Or, or keep it. That's fine. Keep it because you have a, a six if you if you want. It's your choice. But I should have given you the obstacle before. It's going to be four, which is double to eight. Tough one. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you will want to hold off and decide if you want to spend persona on this. You can totally keep the dice you have there if you want to and just add an extra bunch of dice if you, if you want to add persona because I'm feeling generous. I think I'll add two more to that. I'll spend two persona. Okay, that's I'm halfway there. Top of fate, but not all the way there. So I got five. So that was two persona and one fate spent on uh, will, and you failed. They're not listening to me. They're getting soft. <laughs> but it is a difficult test, right? Which means uh, you have the three and one challenging. You need um, you raise your will to be six. Just remove the tests. Keep the fated persona. <sighs> Am I looking at a mutiny? No, not necessarily. Dirk, I, I think I'm. I think I'm going to call on you to play one of them at least. And these guys are really fed up with Ulkel. He's been beating them. He's been driving them hard. They've had short rations for a while. They really just want to have some fun. And now he wants to foist this crappy apprentice on them. You know, can't even stand up for himself. He's kind of going over the over the the boundary. Okay. Like, how do you feel they would react? They'll take their paddles over and throw them down at Ulfgill's feet. We've had enough of your tyrannical... Uh, it is a mutiny. <laughs> tyrannical orders and dealing with you is one thing. Now you got to deal with your idiot pet brewer. Oh, nice. I'm a better brewer than he is. There's no way I'm listening to him. Now what then? <clears throat> do you want to start throwing punches or do you want to use some other means of... Um... <laughs> oh, I see. Well, definitely an eyebrow goes up. Yeah, a better bear than he is? Which one is he? Uh, you mean throw a name at him or... Sure, sure, uh, sure. Let's find a name. If anyone has a name before I do, just feel free to shout it. Aethelbald. Aethelbald. Okay. Wouldn't you the one that made that bear that smelt like skunks, a skunk's behind? <laughs> <laughs> Tasted fine. Well, you can get past the stench. All right. Rory. Have a seat. <laughs> okay, he does. Way back over there. Not so far, lad. Sorry, he comes over with his, his little trivet. So, what would you do at this point in time? We're about to go into Scoria Deep. What would you do to get everyone ready? Are you asking me, sir? No, I'm asking Athelbold. Oh, sorry. 
you know, we don't know what kind of dangers are in there. There may be a dragon. What are you going to, how would you prepare all, all these fellas for that? Maybe, sir, this has nothing to do with brewing, says, uh, <laughs> says It's um, everything to do with brewing. Oh, sorry. Uh, this is part of our religion. <laughs> it probably is your religion. <laughs> Ethelbald is going to throw down his gauntlet, his figurative gauntlet. He's going to say, even you have no idea. I don't think you are worthy to lead anyone anyway, much less that runt. I think I'm much more worthy to get this expedition into Scoria. And I'll prove it. And I think he flies on you with intent to wrestle you. Okay. Let's see, I got brawling. Straight versus test, or you want to do the... Oh, yeah. If, if you think it's fun, that we could do a bloody versus. It seems to be a fairly straightforward versus test to me. It doesn't seem like you are trying to kill each other. Pers- no, but basically he's, he's thinking you can, you, you can take, take me down the spider breaker of Maul. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and then, you know, regulate, your reputation will be in tatters and so forth. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Of course, since you've been working him so hard, he's really got super powered from all the lifting and carrying. (laughs) (laughs) His shade shifted his power. (laughs) He earned so much Arta from from his uh, (laughs) do whatever he wants. (laughs) I I hate the metagame, but uh, how many dice is he rolling? Uh, four. My brawling is three, so I have no other skills that would be anything like military. If you want to show him up in a spider breakaway, then you should do a versus power test. You know, you should wrestle him down and lock him down. Oh, my power is B4, and I can spend Persona, and he can't. So I got three well, left. Well, well. You know, uh, I'm going to save one Persona. I'm going to spend two Persona on that, so I have one Persona left. So that will give me six dice. Wait, you don't have power as a uh, as a greed idiom, do you? That, that's no, my uh, thing. My greed idiom is craftsmanship, beauty, and wealth. We'll see what he rolls. You see before I pop that six. I'm gonna spend his one persona and tap his greed of three. He's gonna be always- I'm sorry, I should have done that before, but <laughs> now that it came up, right? But, you know, that's all the art that he has. He has no fate. He has nothing like that. And these are not open-ended dice, right? I see a six for you. So, um, oh, he has four, three successes. And I have three, but I can pop that, pop a fate and yes, pop that six. Oh, so, so we're tied. We're wrestling. You know what? Maybe we should take this to a bloody versus. Because yeah. you're starting to wrestle, you're kind of evenly matched, and then he gets really angry because he's not getting what he wants. So he's, he's, yeah, he's totally getting into it. He, he Now he's, I'm, I'm going to murder you. All the apprentices and some of the other dwarves <laughs> right around, you know, starts, start to congregate. Like, what the hell is going on here? Like, oh, oh, they're fighting. Oh, they're fighting. Get the beer. <laughs> I bet on Ufkel. I bet on Ufkel. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> They're locked up, and neither one can overpower the other, so Eighth Ball just goes, oh, fuck it, and headbutts him. Oh, nice. <laughs> and that leads into the big yeah. <laughs> bloody verses. Hey, George, do you want to roll for Ethelbog? Sure. So what's his power as well? Uh, he has four in both, four brawling, four power. But this is a, this is a, like a power test, unless you want to go with brawling and take a... Um, uh, no, no, I think a power, power versus power. Sadly, I don't think I have any combat advantages. Welcome back, Todd. We have a, a, a brewer dispute in, in progress. Okay, I love the way you make friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I, I'm at, I am wearing a light male vest. That does give me a, some, some advantages. Not when someone is trying to twist your head off. So I think we should get all the armor stuff, but generally speaking, you have four power dice, right? Yep. And he does too. Now, neither has a longer weapon. You don't have weapons that are, you know, good or bad versus armor. None of the armor really matters. Do you have any vices or other forks that you want to use? All right. Um, the, I'm sorry. Uh, I shouldn't ask that because we're doing a power test. Yeah. Never mind me. And I dropped my, uh, my mug. Do you have any? Do you have any trait that you could uh, invoke for for advantage dice? Here's maybe an, uh, a great opportunity to use ambidextrous, right? Oh, maybe you lost one arm, but you know you're just as good with the other. Hauls back with his right, pops him with the left. <laughs> did you see that coming? Did you? Arr! Or I, or I can pull on my, the, the one trait I, I seem to use a lot: impulsiveness. There's that beard right in front of me. Yank into my upthrusted up, up knee. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you one. Which would you like to go with? Impulsiveness is that more fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just you know improv, improvise fighting. So give me five uh, dice. 
and I'm going to ask Dirk to roll four dice for Ethelbald. You get to decide uh, how many dice you want to put in attack and how many in defense, and, and Ulkil does uh, the same. He's all hopped up on greed. He's going to go three and one. Three attack, oh, cool. one defense. I guess I'm going to go two and three. Two attack, three defense? Yeah. So I I defend. He doesn't. So I so I hit, but he doesn't hit me. Your attack is one, and your defense is two. Right, right. You you um you managed to lock him down, I guess, and do a little damage to him. I mean, I I got uh, he did not defend, so I got through. Mind, mind you, it's more a wrestling match than a a, a brawl. Yeah. Maybe a pulling of beards and tweaking of ligaments, <laughs> something like that. Okay, so let's let's describe this like because this is like five minutes of you rolling around between the wains on the cave floor in the in the dirt with all the other dwarfs cheering and drinking around you, right? Yeah. So how does this look? How does his uh, like attacks not go through? And uh, how do you how do you twist him around and lock him down? Yeah, I mean, I just power through it. I mean, you know, he tries to pull me down, I just get out and eventually he makes a move and he lets go of one of my hands and allows me to reach out, grab him by the beard, yank him face down into the dirt and lets me get, a, and get, a, get an arm twisted behind him. So I'm on his back now. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you're on his back with your arm around his neck or something, like under his beard, uh, holding his beard maybe. He his other arm twists around behind him. Right, he's under, he's underneath, you're sitting on him. Uh, yeah, you know, he's yeah. all covered in, in cave filth. You're victorious. He's just lying there swearing at you. Every time he swears, I, I push the arm up a little higher. <laughs> Dwarf rider him off. <laughs> <laughs> it's not broke back mountain, okay? Affable. You swore that as my apprentice, you do as you're told. You're saying that, you, that your word is no damn good? Yeah, I think the, by this time, like, kind of the big fire oomph in him is kind of, uh, it's sort of bled away. He, he's exhausted himself. He's just panting. So I think he utters something like, fine, you bastard. I'll, I'll do my share of my work. Just let go of the arm. You're breaking it. I let go and I stand up, you know, dusting myself off. Force around, <laughs> just like, oh, old girl, spider breaker. Now, do I see uh, any coins going back and forth amongst them? I make note of who's yeah. taking the coins. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm making note of who's handing the coins out because they oh, actually okay. bet against me. <laughs> <laughs> I think the majority betted on you, but. His buddies look particularly deflated, and one of them is handing over a big burst, and the other is like throwing his dice away, and then just going over to the the carts and lifting crap. Because you know, uh, by lifting crap, I mean he gets to work. No, I, I sort of stand up, and, you know, I, then I look down at Ethelbald, then I hold a hand out, and give me a hand up, lad. I pull him up. He holds his arm. And he's sort of squinting because uh, half of his face is, has been pressed into the dirt at one point, so uh, it's all sort of messy. And, and yeah, that, that. I, I knock some dust off of him. First off, lad, you, you gotta learn how to wrestle. <laughs> you know, if we get, if we, if we, 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 a low growl, but you know, he doesn't <laughs> say anything. Yeah, I need to find a couple of nice barmaids to learn with, you know. And second, don't talk back to your master. I've got things to do. I am one of the the the, uh, the princes, you know, trusted trusted dwarfs. Yes, fine. I get it. I'll listen to... No, 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 just don't. You're not getting it. Suppose I had died someplace. Who would have been in charge? Rory would have been. And you'd be treating him like dirt. And I, this is my turn to look at Rory. And Rory! Uh, yes. He leaves. Oh, well. <laughs> he ambles up with his, his stick. Yes, he hobbles up. I give him a, a, a soft clot to the head. Ow! Now, what are you going to do about that? Uh... You know, there's a moment of you can I see the, the I, I, celebrations I, 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 flying through his head, and then he lifts the stick and, and whoops it over over Ethelball's head. Oh, I catch it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, lad. What are you going to do about this? Slap. <laughs> what are you doing? What did I earn that for? You're, you're not going to stand for yourself? Slap. <laughs> <laughs> like he did? You just wrestled him. And that was bad, wasn't it? Yes, but we came to an agreement. At least he stood up for himself. Slap. <laughs> you know what? This, this is like an instruction test, right? Oh, yeah. Let's see if he gets A it. bad one. <laughs> yes. Learning to be an instructor. If you were to teach a kid how to go swimming, you would grab him by the shorts and toss him in the water. Don't die! <laughs> <laughs> so what's my obstacle for this? Yeah, I think it's a three. So It's going to be yeah. six. It's a routine. It's going gonna, it's gonna to count for, for giving you a test toward opening instruction. But as as you say, the, the actual doubled obstacle is six. If you succeed, he, he gets it. He's going to, you know, launch into a very stupid but 
hopefully instructive brawl with you. <laughs> if you don't, yeah. he's, he's going to lose heart and run away or hobble away as it is. You're going to make me spin that last, the last bit of Persona, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll spin that last bit of Persona so I have seven dice. So I have a better than zero chance. Oh. Halfway there, I'll spend another fate. Ooh. Ooh. I keep rolling. Oh, missed it by one. You, you can just see him buckle. Part of him wants to stand up, but he just doesn't have the heart or the the will. So there's a snivel, and then he sort of whirls about and, and hobbles away as fast as he can, sort of going. <laughs> they catch Bear's eye. I sort of you know give a nod and like yeah, she goes up. Yeah, but she's rolling up her sleeves, so you never know what's going to happen. I turn around, and look at Ethel Ethelbald. Right, Ethelbald, make sure everything is everyone's ready to go. Make sure we can go at, at a moment's notice because we never know when word will come that it's time, it's time for us to, to pull out and head into in the scoria. Cue Ty to show up. I'll, I'll do that <laughs> next, next time we go to the expedition. Back in, in scoria, in, in the darkened, overgloomed, um, largely abandoned outer portion of scoria proper, right? Uh, our dwarves are, are approaching the, the inhabited portions of the hold, and just as Ty manages to slip away, you start to hear voices, and you see low radiance of habitation further in. Uh, you, you go through this little tunnel, and you, uh, that opens up into one of the big thoroughfares of old Scoria. This is nothing like Fandor remembers. It's Dark, except for a few heavenly, you know, requisite slanting shafts of light from somewhere above, right? Here and there, there are like little brassiers with coals or, or fires or tapers, little candles with mirrors around them to, to give illumination. And there are a bunch of people and they're, they're all in the same style as Bregor, like they're not all armed or armored, but uh, they're all kind of dark. They have long hair. They, they're not painted the way the other humans were, but they, some of them have their foreheads painted entirely red. Others have an arm dipped in red, as if there's some significance to it. And in the doorways to various halls and domiciles, you see these great big beasts of, of their warhounds, you know, lying, lacing, licking their chops. It appears that either they're either not interested in learning or they haven't figured out how the gas stuff works, because in Scoria's day, you pumped up gas to, to have sort of gas lights. Uh, all of those are dead. No activity there. They're using primitive, primitive stuff. Smells a bit like maybe they're using dung as fuel as well. And as you enter this new portion, Flint, you notice this boy. It's tough to tell with the humans, but you think he maybe he's in the 10, age 10-ish region. He has a shaved head. He has the same kind of puffy trousers that uh, Bregor has on and the same sort of yellow winding bands around the lower legs to sort of keep them up, to keep them puffy. Uh, Other than that, his feet are bare and he, he sees your retinue, you see Bregor and the, the hound and, and all the dwarves come, not stomping up, but, you know, being dwarfy, up into the living quarters or where, where the humans dwell. And he gets this look of like, holy crap. And then he spins around and starts sprinting away into the crowd. And Bregor says, uh, he turns to you and he says, all of you, uh, and he says, uh, it were best if you kept together here and kept your axes in their loops and your shields close so we don't, so we don't accidentally set anyone off or, or, or create a, a scene. And he points all the way over toward, through the thoroughfare, uh, that's just packed with people, up toward, uh, where uh, the Scoria throne room is. And he says, over there is, uh, where Law, Lord Ram abides. I will take you there and you will go before him and I hope he will recognize you as guests. Starts off. Okay, cool. When you start walking through there, the, the people stop whatever they're doing. Some of them are uh, appear to be sharpening tools or weapons. Others appear to be cooking or just talking. Uh, there are men. There are women. They, they stop to stare when you go through. It's like nobody expected you to be here. Or and of course, or in so the gloom, many. <laughs> and of course, yes, many. And, and of course, in the gloom, Fandral's dwarven male is like a rainbow raiment of, of I am important. Right. Yeah, he's, he's pulling himself up to his full four and a half foot height or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Got his beard looking as magnificent as it can and being conspicuously a dwarven prince. Awesome. 
Awesome, awesome. Okay. So you're halfway up to the um to the throne room when uh you're approached by this group of armed people with more warhounds. Like they seem to be Bregor's type of people. And one of them with a, a helmet on, this weird spired helmet with a dragon's head on top, comes up to Bregor and says, Halt. Bregor, what is this? And Bregor says, uh, your leave, Commander. These are uh, uh, visitors. I thought it best we present them to Lord Rom officially. I hope I have not overstepped my authority. The commander takes off his helmet and, uh, you know, he has this shaved countenance like most of uh, the men here. Half his face is red, painted red. And he looks you over with quite a bit of contempt. I am Commander Gromus and I am watch captain of uh, Scoria. Who are these people? Who are you? He points to Fandral. I am Fandral, Prince of Scoria. There are no princes of Scoria. Scoria was a ruin. What is your game here? And as he says that, Bregor says, please, commander, you mustn't anger the... You under, you know the pact. And the commander is like, I want to hear an answer. And what was his question? I'm... Now you're going to make me doubt myself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he was on a roll until you had <laughs> there, there are no, what's your game? There are no princes of Scoria. Scoria was a ruin when, he came, when we came here. Who are you really? That's the, the spirit of what he was asking. The dwarves have been gone from Scoria. We have returned. He, he looks you all over and, and then he says, fine, fine. The dwarves will speak to, um, Lord Rom, but I will not have them bearing arms in the living quarters, nor do I want them to bear armor. This is not a war party. This is an envoy to the to Lord Rom. Tell them all to take their uh, their accoutrements off, he says to Bregor. Bregor looks kind of pale, like he's trapped between um, <laughs> two very unpleasant points. He begins to like, but Commander, perhaps this is not a wise decision and the commander I go I go if we've come here in peace with your man we have uh, slung our axes but we would uh, meet your leader as we are if you come in peace then you have no use for your war gear take it off looking at, at them with their uh, weapons well you seem to have use for your war gear so we should keep ours you're strangers here we live here you are strangers here this is scoria scoria's dwarven <laughs> okay he just he flings his arms wide and, and and almost shouts do you see any dwarves in scoria oh flint can't stop there he turns and looks back at the company i see plenty of dwarves in scoria <laughs> <laughs> bregor turns to fandor and says perhaps we can placate him somehow could you perhaps agree to curtail your band to a handful Myself and uh, two of my uh, lieutenants will meet your leader. The rest will remain here. Hmm. How about you make a like a persuasion test with a bonus die, and you can work you can work in etiquette or whatever. And the obstacle is going to be four. We'll throw in etiquette. Excellent. And a couple persona. Do you have like I'm the prince? Damn it! You should. <laughs> well, you could always give him that trait in the trait boat. Or, well, I do have a, a call on sort trait that'll help me if uh, I need it. True. Ah, he does have undaunted. That that could be handy. Yeah, my driven, uh, my call on for persuasion. True. So now that gives me the nine, and I'll need my call on trait to reroll trait. One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> okay, okay. Six traitors. Yeah. Yeah. Just made it there. All right, cool. The commander does not look pleased. He grunts and says, um, the rest can stay in um, the barracks. I will escort them personally. You and your um, trusted will c- can go with Bregor. But I have my eyes on you. So who do you pick? Hmm. <laughs> this, this is, <laughs> to rephrase that, do you split the party? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll take uh, Flint and play in that fair. Did uh, Roar go with us? No. Roar, no. He's uh, uh, back in camp keeping track of all the uh, remaining weapon men. That's a shame because he's a brute. Not very diplomatic, though, so maybe good. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is outspoken, too. What about Lumpy? Lumpy? Who's Lumpy? The one with the knot in the back of his head. Unfirth. Unfirth. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, Slate and the rest are uh, guided. Oh, Slate. Ooh, yeah. Aside. Uh, Slate seems to be a little shamed because <laughs> he caused a bit of an unpleasantness with Bregor. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
he seems to be eyeing a lot of the dogs anyway. So he seems pre- preoccupied. Yeah, pr- probably not the best diplomatically right now. Some, I'm sure dogs would enter into the bargaining. Prince, we should get some of these dogs. <laughs> Damn it, I'm, I'm negotiating for Scoria. <laughs> okay, uh, Bregor, Bregor lets out like a long breath after the commander has left. I go, oh, that, that could have gone worse. Let's hope uh, Lord Ram is generous. And uh, yeah, he shows you up further toward the Rune Room. And as you approach it, you see less and less people, almost like... What, what was the name of the commander again? Short, sorry, short-term memory. Did I, did I say it? If I didn't, then then Gregor will say, you know, that could have gone worse. Commander Gromus is uh, Gromus. hard-nosed, hard-headed. So yeah, Flint, Andrew, and Unferth. Still a uh, pretty shiny little retinue. Anyway, like I said, the closer you get to the, the throne room, the less people you see. Maybe they're, they don't think they're worthy to live in, you know, close to the throne room. Maybe they want to leave some space. Maybe, who knows? Is this the Scoria throne room or just a room that they yes. made? Okay. Yes, this is your ascending up up the stairs, up the the main thoroughfare up that goes to um to the Scoria throne room with a, the dragon throne. A big, huge place that um, your father used to sit in. As you ascend the stair, there, uh, there's this heat. There's this almost un- unnatural, unpleasant heat that comes from above, from the throne room, right? I'm, I'm walking up there, a statue that's missing a nose, and I nudge Fanrel and go, yeah, I did that. <laughs> you mean, you mean nudge, you, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. This is momentous. Do you mean you nudge Flint? Yeah. Right, because you said Fanrel. <laughs> oh, man. Finally! <laughs> I knew who he meant. You bastards, yeah. you got to me. <laughs> I took, kicked off the call for, for no good reason to, to use the wrong name. Yeah. Right, so you, 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 do you mean like my statue or, or that's... Uh, no, that's that missing its nose because of me. <laughs> I was sparring with old Master uh, Wolfhara and uh, swung a bit wide. <laughs> I imagine he had too much nose to begin with. Old, old Vandra wasn't happy with me. <laughs> Right, you, you, you banter away. Yeah, to me this is great. I'm I'm back where. Oh yeah, I'm oh yeah. Except, here. like I said, <laughs> instead of the usual sort of cool, temperate atmosphere that you would get when you approach the throne room, this kind of, I'm sure, is sort of designed to give you a sense of sort of cool, shivery unease when you have to go before the the leader, the great prince of the dwarves. Instead of that, like I said, there's this almost unnatural heat that emanates from up up above uh, that slowly intensifies the closer you get up there. Bregor's warg hound, for lack of a better term, she sort of makes unpleasant noise, sort of uh, whiny noises, and then she decides to stay. Duly noted. But, you know, Bregor keeps walking, notices that she stops, but then he keeps walking. Make sure that, that you're with him, and he notices that you're bantering about noses or something, or statues, whatever you're pointing. As you reach sort of the, the big platform that is is the last great big step before the ridiculously oversized, over tall double gates. Six uh, doors wide. Yeah, absolutely super silly that lead into the, the throne room proper. You see this little retinue of, of like five women. The foremost one is like the rest of the humans here, tall, dark haired, swarthy. She has this kind of if you were a dwarf you'd probably say, Oh, that's totally a Dwarger dwarf. Yes. She has this sort of fur-trimmed cloak on in spite of the heat, right? Uh, and her forehead is red, painted red. Uh, and she has this hairdo that's kind of like a Chinese queue, where the front portion of the head is shaped, uh, and the rest is, is sort of puffed up and then brought back into several queues. She parts from the other four women and approaches Bregor, and, and Bregor does some kind of obsequy, like a, a, a deep bow or something, and he, he says, lady, she, unlike Commander Gromus, she has a fascinated look on her face, and she looks you three over, and she says, watchman, who were these visitors? I do not recognize them. Are they new envoys? That is not for me to say, lady, says Bregor. And then she turns to uh, Fandral, because he's the one who glitters the most, <laughs> and says, you there, are you a uh, Marl Dwarf? I was born in Scoria. She pauses a moment at that. And then she says, And you have come to... 
I've returned. All right. Is your errand one of business or peace or war, if I may ask? I hope of peace. Interesting. Gromus, you may take them ahead. It was a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Prince. Or actually, you said you're you're a prince. No, you just said you're from Scoria, right? Yeah. Okay, so then she says, it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Point, point, uh, dot, dot, dot. Then I hold out my hand, Prince Fandral, and you are... My name is Lady Villari. Just a bow a little anyway to reach down to your, to your hand, but, but she does that kind of curtsy thing. Flint will also bow, kind of elbow unfurthed <laughs> to show some respect. <laughs> <laughs> he grunts and sort of does some kind of nod. And the lady straightens and she says, I wish you the best of luck with Lord Ram. And she has this uh, mystic look on her face, but then she turns away and signals the rest of the women, and then they begin to descend the great stair. Everyone looks to Bregor. <laughs> but yeah, Bregor is a little paler than, than he was when you met him, and he's sweating a little. But otherwise, actually, he's rubbing a little bit of red paint from one of his eyes because it's starting to run. Like he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that lady? The lady is one of uh, present Scoria's more influential individuals. She she commands a, a business and has men at arms. Interesting. I wouldn't think Lord Ram, the way he treats us, will allow anyone else to have arms. We are all one people, you understand. Lord Ram only does what is good for the people. Sounds like a wise ruler. His wisdom is his own. I would not presume to question or attempt to understand it. Uh, you get the sense maybe that there's a very strong like hierarchy, and you have your job, and going outside of that job is both unpleasant and unexpected and unwanted. All three. Oh, so um, that, that's actually kind of dwarfy. <laughs> it's somewhat dwarfy, yeah. But this seems to be less, uh, uh, you know, this is our tradition and more, more based on fear and, uh, yeah, fear and, and ruling with an iron fist perhaps or, or, yeah. Well, it, it more is immediate. known that dwarves are much more dutiful than humans. So <laughs> they, they have to be motivated differently. I presume that was uh, in their monologue from Todd and not necessarily what uh, Flint says. <laughs> well, not, not in the trade tongue for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Gregor goes to uh, shoulder one of the great doors open, and it opens a crack, and there's a, a slight intensification of the heat, and he signals you to follow, and he goes into the great throne room. Oh, and before you enter, you can see there's an unusual, unexpected, for Fandral at least, because you're the one, only one who's been here before, there's an unexpected reddish glow inside. They're keeping it a lot warmer here than I remember. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I should totally say Flint. Like, I'm expecting a great forge. Flint, just generally for, for the hold. I mean, you've, you've been to Marl. You've probably been one or two tours to Regolith in, in the course of your um, host stuff. But this hold is the statues are masterfully carved. The halls are tall and, and anally precise. The, you know, the marriage of cave and dwelling is just poetry. Everything is just, whoa. And this is when it's overgloomed, right? Uh, the gas lights are not on. The, the dwarven sweeps have not been out. Stuff like that. It, it, and this is the quote-unquote crappy a, version. You can get a taste of its former glory. Absolutely. And it was very glorious. <laughs> you enter into the, the throne room. It used to be kind of bright with, uh, you know, light reflecting on absolutely spotlessly polished, like marble-esque stone and mirrors and stuff. Now it's dark. There are sections of platforms. So if you're a petitioner, you can go to the first and then you stand there and mill around and then you walk up a short stair and there's a next and there's a short stair and there's a next. And then finally there's the up there, there's the final platform of the throne and stuff. And all these steps are strewn with mirror shards, and they're cracked. And through the cracks, you see this reddish glow, and there's smoke and fumes coming up out of them. And, uh, you know, the marble-type stone is is cracked, and the walls are cracked. It's like someone's had a bunch of earthquakes in here, private little earthquakes or something. Like the mountain is almost averse to whoever or whatever is dwelling in here. Uh, and, you know, d d your boots crunch as you walk up the steps. Gregor is visibly un... What's the word? He's not 
he's not pleased to be here, really, necessarily. And up there, you know, you can see the top of the throne. And as, as you ascend, you can see this figure sitting on the throne as if in some sort of ague, like he's wrestling with fever or unpleasant thoughts, like a combination, right? And as you near, right, the, the figure comes into view. There's the great, how did we describe the dragon throne? It was, it was inside a dragon's skull? Uh, jaws, yeah. Right, jaws, yeah. So now there are cracks in the wall and cracks around the floor uh, that give this reddish illumination. So it's it's kind of like your dad's throne room went to hell, literally. And in the midst of the, the jaws, right, is, is this dude who looks, he looks kind of like a sickly, ashen, sweaty version of Mola Ram from, from Temple of Doom. He has, he's bald, he's large, he has these double black and red robes that are peeled away from his uh, right arm and shoulder, so that side of his body is bare. He has these fangs and fiery jewels uh, around his neck. The top of his head at one time were was painted as brilliantly and brightly red as uh, Bregor's forehead, but you can see that it's faded, probably because he is, like I said, he's, he has a sheen of sweat uh, on him, and he looks up at you approaching right with like dark ringed thick eyes but there's also a like a bright flame like mania in them and when he speaks because he does he says who are these petitioners and when he speaks right there's like fumes coming out of his mouth not not thick like cigarette smoke or anything but it's like the heat out of him is much warmer than the air which is really weird because it's a pretty warm place presently, right? It's like heat waves are coming out of his mouth, is what you're saying. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm gonna award you guys a steel test later, because this is so weird, but it's not a steel test where you go, Oh shit, I'm shitting myself. It's not that kind of situation. You don't want to run and scream necessarily, but it's it's an unnatural, weird situation and person. Uh and Brigor makes this very deep bow and and he doesn't get up from it. He, it's almost like he's he's down he's down on one knee actually, with a fist to the floor where where like these fumes are dancing and he says, uh, great great Lord Ram, these are uh dwarves out of they say they are from Scoria. A, a great prince has come to uh uh present himself to you. And Lord Ram looks over to you three there's really no, you know, mystery who's the prince. So he looks at Fandral and says, what do you want? You're in my seat. Gregor, are these dwarves here as entertainment or are you wasting my time? Uh, and Gregor tries to say something, but he's not sure what to say. He says, uh, great lord, these, these are, they, it's not a, yeah, he just devolves into <laughs> things. So, Lord Rom, imagine him actually physically scurrying away from Rom. <laughs> you can tell that he wants to do that, like because he's all his entire body is sort of squirming or, or or quaking. But he, it's like that dutiful part of him won't let him. So, Lord Rom gets up <laughs> instead, and he walks over to uh, Fandral, like he's two sword lengths away, and he says, "What do you mean by I am in your seat?" I am the rightful prince of Scoria. That is my seat. If you look, and then he says, It's no longer your seat. I occupy it. Be gone. He seemed to be very undiplomatic for a squatter. He... There's a look of... Conf- brief, like the, the, the briefness of confusion in his on his face. And then he says, You are not uh, an envoy of Dunis, are you? No, though I would be interested in um, what negotiations you've made with him. He backs away and sits down on the throne again, and then he looks to be deep in thought. And then he says, are you now Prince of Marl? Yeah. <laughs> and Dooney is no longer in power. Dooney has never been in power. If he told you that, he lied. Hmm. I made a pact with Dooney many years ago in exchange for the occupation of Scoria for 111 years. We agreed to offer him... The useless bounty in this place. Knickknacks, valuables that dwarves would like. But I have not heard from him in a while. The prince put him in his place. Are you here then to renegotiate or nullify this pact? 
Well, it will certainly have to be at least renegotiated because Dooney had no rights to negotiate with you. If one dwarf who comes to me has no authority, why should I believe the word of another? Look at the bottom of the the chair in which you sit. (laughs) You will see a rune, the first letter of my name. They caught me before I could finish uh, writing the whole name in. (laughs) One of his hands goes sort of furtively down, like almost like it's not part of his conscious thought to sort of feel where it is. And he says, I do not read your scribbles. But this at least is proof that you have been in this hall, or have talked to one who has. Either way, I do not see this as proof that you have any authority. Where is the proof that you have any agreement to be here? You have Dooney secured, or is Dooney dead? He was breathing last I saw him. Then speak with Dooney, if you require confirmation. Now, is there anything else? At least I think you can credit for confidence. <laughs> How many other people are in this room? How many other people? Yeah. It's just it's just Bregor and you three dwarves. And of course Lord Rom. What's he going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Follow his lead. I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> You have a guy who breathes heat. You, you, uh, you got a feeling that he may also breathe something else that's hot. Yeah, but I'm getting the feeling that... Uh, Neither one of you have negotiation as a skill? <laughs> no, I feel that he's not going to uh, be willing to negotiate here. You get certainly get the sense that he doesn't feel like he, in a, he is in a position where he needs to negotiate. Like It's like the squabbling of dwarves is beneath him. Do I get an impression of the size of the group? How many humans we've kind of, as we've gone through the their... Uh... It's a sizable population. If you're asking how, how large a fighting force they have, that's a trickier question. Yeah. They're not up to the numbers that would occupy Marl in, you know, old, in the old days, but they probably are almost as many as there are dwarves in Marl. Like they probably came here and then they settled down to spawn. Yeah, they do breed. And brought like their rabbits. children with them. How can something so big breed so fast? <laughs> <laughs> the goblins are worse, right? At 10, they're dangerous. <laughs> How long ago was this lease? You made with Dooney initiated. Uh, he looks up into one of the distant openings in the ceiling where like this pale light is being slain by the red radiance. And he says, ten years this week, 101 years remaining. So you've done all this damage in just ten years? Looking at all the cracks. And- <laughs> Glances about him. A mountain... We'll settle in time. Well, the dwarves are returning to Scoria. Ooh, he looks like, hmm, like what should he do about that? He crosses his legs and then he says, this I am not necessarily averse to. You can have a hold, so long as you behave and observe the laws of the serpent people when you treat with them. No, I may not be adverse to letting you remain in Scoria, but I will want my throne back. I hear you are long-lived in time, 101 years. You can have it. No, your your agreement with Dooney had no basis. Then why should, not hold, why should I not hold it for longer? You don't seem to be here in force. Is that all you will listen to then, is force? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, gives this, he makes this unpleasant grin. He says, I would rather we didn't clash, but if you mean to oust my people from their home, that is inevitable. I am willing to allow your people to stay in my hold, my scoria. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. They can stay in humble Fandralville. Yeah, we'll have to look at his beliefs. He says, well, you have not given me a compelling argument to give you this throne. So until you do, you may have your hold, your little hold, somewhere in the outskirts. Hmm, I'm thinking we're going to have to break here. <laughs> oh, oh, right. Doing time or? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's painful. Will they come to uh, tableaus? <laughs> what will they do? <laughs> <laughs> well, Uff killed money to the waters by showing up at the gates with his with with the rest of the with the rest of the company, <laughs> led by Roar, who is also probably itching to get in here. <laughs> The two people you actually wouldn't want working together, working together. Well, I mean, okay. In that case, we can we can um, we can put 
a sock in it here. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, it's more like, I guess we could bite our tongue at this point. <laughs> yeah. Decide uh, how we want to do this. We want to go to dice or, or, or a fight or something later next time. It always needs a Batman ending. Join us next time, Will Thandrill. <laughs> will, will Thandrill come to blows with this usurper of his throne? Will uh, Rory get a backbone? Will Ufkel finally learn how to teach? <laughs> and, will, and, will Flint realize, and will Flint realize that he is the rightful heir to the throne? No. <laughs> no. That, that's where fa- there's a Fandral voice coming up saying, allegedly, allegedly <laughs> it seems uh, that certainly uh, Lord Rom believes that might makes right. So um, maybe it's a but little th- fluid. I, I think it's wonderful because he doesn't know that we came through the gate. He doesn't know about the, our strength in numbers. Uh, nope. He's probably wondering where the hell Gromus is. <laughs> Burning wheel question. Since we're kind of mid-scene, at session end, do we still do the war awards, or does that all merge together into the resolution of the scene? If you've earned anything, then you should be awarded for it at the end of the session. Uh It's just that some some of the drama is in in progress. And you may need the points. True. Pick it up. Yes. Yes. Especially, especially the prince. Yeah. All right. So let's let's go over them quickly. Fandro, uh, you're certainly in the middle of determining whether the humans uh, in Scoria are a threat. Done that. Yeah. yeah. I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It'd take a persona point. That's pretty clear. That uh, at least at least under Lord Rom they are. Yeah. Take a fate for getting this far. Right. If you if you've been mixed up in a in some kind of uh, kerfuffle down before you even got to the throne room, then Flint wouldn't have had much chance of getting his crest. I think. And you are working toward restoring uh, the family prestige. So take another fate. Fate. Two fates and one persona. Let's see, Flint. Kind of took a back seat, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, it was you know that kind of session. You did help Fandral, so take a fate for that. Or rather, you helped Ty, and that was, you know, in the service of helping Fandral. So, and for Ulfkel, well, we have, we have. Well, you tried. You tried. Yeah, I tried. I tried. You tried. This gets me a fate. And I think you should get another fate because you're getting. You got Athelbald to get the rest in motion, where you know Rory Mm. didn't. That hits the other belief about leading the princess discordy. Okay, uh, so let's go to instincts. Any instincts that really put you in trouble this time? Because they served you this time. <laughs> yeah, don't trust people who are not dwarves. <laughs> well, I'm expecting my orders of him getting out of my seat to be followed, and he's not doing it. Well, he is not under your command, so I don't know. He's a prince. Everyone's under his command. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have my have, like sleep that says dwarves are superior to all, all other races and therefore should follow their you know command something like that. <laughs> that's that's not a belief. It's it, it's a it's written in stone. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I think you're all worth an embodiment persona. Yay! The confrontation and Ovkel's little uh, mess with uh, the others. Kerfuffle, yeah. Kerfuffle, yeah. Starting to make Ufkel wonder if he actually knows what he's doing. <laughs> Doubt? I don't think that's in your vocabulary. Mm. <laughs> no, nah, probably more like disappointment. Uh, any workhorse or MVP? Workhorse, again, you know, the usual slaving away behind the scenes, getting things to work, helping. Flint for getting uh, getting uh, tied I, back. That, that was just a little bit. If there's anything that's more workhorsey, it would be Ufkel trying to get the company motivated and trying to educate people. <laughs> I, we didn't say it was successful workhorse. I think that feels a little personal, though. Maybe maybe that's not yeah. you know workhorse per yeah. se. Yeah, that's the, I, was following, I was following my beliefs. So yeah, that's you know didn't. So I got word that for I got faith for that. So I don't think so. No. Any any most valuable player? Oh, Fandral. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, Couldn't have got this Fandral. deep in without him. <laughs> it is bullish personality. So negotiate? No, that's my throne. <laughs> Not open to negotiation. <laughs> no, he's open, but this guy isn't open. So I think you are just as bad, both of you. <laughs> I have a lease. What do you have? I have my axe. <laughs> oh, crap. I should have described that. Oh, well, I'll do that next time. All right. Well, no deeds yet. We'll see how things go next time. Cool. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited because finally we're getting into stuff that I started to set up in, like, the first two sessions of this game. 
Uh, yes. So. I, actually, but here's the funny thing. Is I still imagine shenanigans with Slate going on as well. Sure, sure. I, I could see Slate, you know, kind of grumbling and grousing that has been set aside with, you know, all, all the rest. And it just turns out maybe this uh, particular housing, as an insult, it's actually near the dog pens. <laughs> Could. Puppies! <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, they won't miss one. Look, there's a whole litter of them over there. <laughs> but it does explain, it, it, Howard, this has explained why Dooney has been so against uh, us coming here. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what I love is the, the miscommunications and, and stuff that are going on between the various parties. And it's like, cool. So uh, did, uh, did I understand that maybe Dirk needs to skedaddle? I'm thinking what we were going to get into was going to take longer than we had. Oh, yeah. True, true. Hey, we can have a contest of wills. Yeah, a simple a simple persuasion test is not going to cut it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you see the Lord going, yeah, you're right. Yeah, this is, yeah we're partners. <laughs> I see your point. Oh, everybody pack up. We'll, 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 we'll take over that elven community now. Well, yeah, was, yeah, it doesn't look like even Duel of Wit's going to work because he doesn't seem to be agreeable to that sort of persuasion. Uh, at least you could wring uh, a compromise out of him, even if you don't win. But the downside is, of course, that he's probably going to bring a compromise out of you if you engage him that way. And, of course, we have the checkups guns floating out there. Somewhere in this hold is that hammer. Are you sure? Um, Remember yes. what he said? <laughs> oh, he so- certain bugaws and crap to Dooney over the years, part of their pact. Oh, so dumb. Maybe it's not at all in Scoria. It's hidden someplace in Dooney's collection. I wouldn't put it past Dooney getting a, getting stuff, you know, things like... Got her damn crest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chilling for it. <laughs> Thank yep. you for playing, guys. This was, uh, this was great. Wonderful, yep. <laughs> calm <laughs> session. Well, calm. I mean, a little froggy and a little broken. Poor Dirk being kicked up, kicked up the call twice, or was it three times? Twice, I think. Yeah, twice. Okay. Yeah. I, I will catch you all later. Thank you very much for putting up with Plaguey Me. You all take care. Bye bye. See you next time. Oh, speaking of names, hilarity. Now that I'm listening to like the episodes again, it, it's it's almost painful how many times we mix up the names of the apprentices and who survived and who didn't. And uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, Ulfkill was was perhaps a bit uh, um, confused and and up. Uh, you know, he grew fire. <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe he thought he's rescued one dwarf when he actually rescued another. Stuff like that. Anyway, who can, who can tell under <laughs> the badge? Who can tell under the badges who it is right? Now, you know, right now. Yeah, we don't know. It's true. <laughs> For we know it's not Fror under those badges. It's it's Kaim under the badges. Oh, that would be freaky, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> would that add to his paranoia? I don't know. It's the tag where I mentioned you can go to our page at sunday-skypers.podbean.com, find links to all of our episodes, links to our Facebook page and MeWe page. You can email us at sundayskypers at zoho.com. It'd also be nice if you gave us a rating or review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. And that's all I got.